Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Tonight, finally have one of my co-hosts back. I got uh, George. You can follow him on Twitter at jmontez 90 George, how you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be back after um, a week off. Um, I, I, you held it down pretty good. I uh, enjoyed the episodes with uh, Shelly and, and uh, Gray, so good stuff. I'm just glad to be back to join you. I'm just, I'm just so big time, but of course, you know, I, I had to depend on you for our, we actually have a guest tonight because we're just going to keep this guesting rolling and we actually had a chance to, uh, have to know him a little bit off air, but we're going to bring him on air now, Bubba from, uh, Bench with Bubba. I almost forgot the title of your podcast that you host, Bubba from Bench with Bubba. You can tell them where to find you and I know you do a bunch of work, so let everybody know what you do and thank you for coming on, by the way. No problem. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. You can find me on Twitter at BDentric. And uh, yeah, the Bench of Bubba podcast, Around the Base of Bubba Mo, many other things, DFS-wise and whatnot, at uh, fantasysportsdgens.com and also doing some work for the quantedge.com. So find me a little bit of everywhere, but the best place to find me is on Twitter at BDentric, and I retweet like a um, crazy person. So I will <laughs> let you know everything I have going on all the time. So uh, come check me out there. And again, thanks for having me, guys. It's going to be fun chatting some baseball with you. Well, Absolutely, really good stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I had to press play because we've been talking for about 20 minutes now. <laughs> and I, we kind of left off right where I wanted to kind of get to, get to know you a little bit because um, I told you off air, I really enjoy having when we have new guests on for the first time. I like for people to kind of hear about it. I like to hear about it. Just how did you get started? How long have you been doing this? And just because we have, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that really are interested in even getting you know getting started a little bit and just hearing other people's stories sometimes can help motivate them so i'm just kind of curious your story yeah my story is um i've been a guy that wanted to talk about sports my whole life and baseball is my passion so um when it became easy for everyone to do podcasts and everything i said why not me and um you know fantasy sports dj started about five or so years ago i think it was now maybe four years ago and um it was just me and another guy who's not involved anymore, but we just thought, okay, let's do sports talk and figure things out here and there. It wasn't even fantasy-based at the time, even though that's what I always wanted to do. And then uh, when he left, it kind of started molding it my way. I've had other contributors come in and out uh, as they want. Uh, I started the Bench with Bubba podcast. We just recorded episode 202 today. Uh, I have been around the base of Bubba Mo with 115 episodes. I do daily DFS baseball Monday through Friday for the fourth year doing that, MLB DFS quick hits. I do golf because that's a passion of mine. I do football, everything because sometimes I just hate my life and I just want to do nothing but talk sports instead of relaxing. But in the end, it's absolutely awesome. It's fun. It's great getting to know such a great community of people. Um, it can be a grind depending on how much of a grind you want to make it. But it's, uh, it's really cool starting from the ground up and not knowing many people to slowly getting to meet more and more and finding out how receptive and nice the fantasy baseball community is and stuff like TGFBI has really allowed for uh, the lower end guys like myself to meet many others. And I guess get more of a following move up the ladder as they say, or whatever, not even close to the middle or the top, but it gets you kind of more recognition and more of a following being able to help people is always fun. And there's so many other things I could, I could talk about, but uh, if you have any questions on it, it would be a little easier for me to shoot in a certain direction. I mean, Unfortunately, I, I'm trying to remember some of the stuff I asked you off the air, but eh, that, that was that was a lot. That, that was a good uh, segment. We unfortunately probably lost. 
Yeah, um, no, that's uh, really good stuff. I mean, Mike and I being on the ground floor here, you know, we're not even in TJFBI yet. So, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, no, Mike, Mike gets a little impatient sometimes like, man, I want to be up there with those guys already. But it's like, you know, we just got to grind, man. We just got to grind and, and we'll get there, you know, just keep this going, keep pushing. Like I had, I had Jorge on, on my pod off to get Mike on. Uh, I was telling these guys off the air is I remember when I started out and I remember when I got like my first, I think my first request was ITL as we were talking about those guys. Um, yeah. That was one of my first ones. And I was just like, what, what? Like someone wants to hear from me. Like I thought it was crazy. <laughs> I thought it was crazy. People want to come on my podcast and talk to me, let alone me go on their show. And it's just a matter of, make yourself be heard, but not like in an annoying way. Um, put your work out there. You guys are both writing a lot, which is huge. That's something I always wish I did more of. I don't, but that'll help you a ton. Um, one thing is it's so hard to make a living in this business. I don't make much money at all doing any of this. It's randomly something here and there. You have to be willing to take free stuff. That's one thing that some people don't understand. You have to be able to write for free. You have to be able to work for free and eventually people will find you. And that's, that's the biggest thing I'd say is, don't think you're going to walk in here and start making a boatload of cash because not many people do period in this industry and be willing to work a lot of places for free. And once you get that establishment, that'll help you a lot more. And eventually if you want to make it a full-time gig, it'll probably pan out for you. But you know, watch guys like Justin Mason and stuff. Those guys don't sleep very much and he's earned where he's at now. He busted his rear end for a long time getting there. So something to think about there. Yeah. yeah I would say George and I, we've kind of, learn that the hard way like we we knew it wasn't going to be any type of money in this right away or even the first couple of years but it's really and we both like he actually intended on writing this year i had zero intentions of writing so i actually have taken very a lot of pride in the fact that i had zero intentions of writing and actually got picked up by fan tracks along with george george and i both got picked up from fsgn for to fan tracks and it was just it happened to work out and we we found each other through twitter and this podcast was just something I came up with one day and I was like, you know what? I need a co-host or two because talking to myself in this mic can get a little, <laughs> little awkward and weird, especially when you're not comfortable doing it yet. Yep. So it just, it kind of worked out, man. It was just kind of everything comes, comes together, but it's like, a, it's a thing where I say that you have to be willing to, you have to, you really have to, I, I'm with you. You have to really be willing to put in that time. And it's, it, again, it's on your own time and on your own dime. It's a little weird corny mm -hmm. saying I've come up with, but I almost need to make a t-shirt out of it. Maybe I can make some money off the t-shirt. There you go. On my, own on my own time and dime. <laughs> there you go. You, like you said, it's really honestly, and that was really a terrible joke and corny, but it is what it is. Um, in all seriousness, it really is about how much you put into it because how much you put into it will be how much you get out of it. Another corny saying, but it's, it's really honestly, I'm seeing, I'm seeing everything you're saying. So people are probably sick of hearing me repeat what you're saying. So <laughs> this is episode 38 and we are just going to, talk baseball we'll see where it goes i mean some of the stuff we are going to discuss tonight though some second half standouts some guys that are just really turning it on through these final you know two months three months of the season um we're going to do a segment that we do on the show called cut bait or wait talk about some guys that have really been struggling some guys that maybe they are worth cutting i mean there are some names on this list that are obviously not cuts but maybe worth discussing in general and maybe don't talk about our expectations but Enough about what we're going to talk about. We'll just jump right into the news and notes. Um, first couple of things I have here. Just, I mean, Jeff McNeil, the hamstring injury, I heard, I mean, I saw reports as bad as what, season ending potentially. Now it's like today it came out as being minor. No real timetable. 
he believes he can come back soon. And Fernando Tatis, kind of the same deal, IL with the back spasms. I didn't. I haven't seen a new update. I don't know if anything came out since I since I sent these sent this to you guys. But these guys, you gotta think they're back for September, right? Maybe. Yeah, I know. I yeah, I, I hope so. I know Jeff McNeil. You know, he was ho- hoping that you know it could he could be back soon after the he's eligible to come. Um, Tatis with the back spasms from carrying so many fantasy teams on his back. Oh, look at there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, you know, one good thing that could, you know, possibly come out of that is uh, Luis Urias shifting over to shortstop. Uh, we'll see how many games he gets uh, under his belt there at, at short, but he's kind of been hitting better, a little better recently. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, regardless, hopefully Tatis isn't out too long. That kind of leads right into, I mean, Garrett Cole, another guy, I mean, kind of dodgeable with him because pitching's been terrible. He's been one of the few bright spots, I feel like, as far as where he got drafted to what he's uh, produced. And A.J. Hinch says that he should be good to go next week. The big one for me, and I want to get both of your thoughts on this one, is Tyone. Because, you know, he went in for the surgery to replace, what was it, the flexor, something with his flexor or something? He basically got Tommy John again. Yeah, Tommy John. Yeah. So not only is he out for this year, obviously, but now we're talking all of next year. Are you – and this is more of a Dynasty League deal – and would you be more on the buy low side of it, or do you think he's droppable? I mean, I think there's argument for both sides of it. I'm a Tyone guy, and I don't honestly know what to do. Yeah, I, I don't want any, anything to do with him. I really don't like – the problem is, is, yeah, it's great to be a Tyone guy, and everyone was hyped for him to be the guy this year for really the first time, and he was good for a little while there. But it's his second TJ, I believe, and that's terrifying. It, one's bad enough, two is really bad. I'm not going to get him back till 2021. And to what type of pitcher will he be by then? Like, if you have tons of spots in the dynasty, sure. But if you have someone else you can replace him with on your roster, I'd, I'd be dropping him. It's, it's tough to hang on to a guy that's having these kind of issues time and time again. Yeah, I guess I should have spoke to the depth of the dynasty league. Because, I mean, the ones I'm picturing in my head are 15 team and deeper. And that's where it gets kind of iffy. Like, when you get to those leagues, it's like somebody with his t- upside – but at the same time, like, what if a hot, if a hot prospect pops up off the waiver wire? That's like you got to got to pick and choose your battles. I mean, I'm truly torn. I think I'm going to hold them where I have them because I do have them in a few leagues, and I paid a pretty solid price again in the preseason. So maybe that's buyer's remorse and I refuse to give up that, that type of uh, equity. But that's just me being uh, kind of biased. George, George, do you have any opinion on it? Like, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not that patient. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Listen, uh, I've held on. I've held on to Hunter Green. Like, there's no difference there, right? Except for the prospect type. Yeah. yeah. Special. Yeah. I mean, um, I I probably wouldn't, you know, hold on to him if you know I needed the space. You're looking at, you know, two years here at this point, and it's like, you know, if there is someone in your league that will give you, you know, anything, um, yeah, it might be kind of hard to do. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not someone that's going to hold on to him for that long. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just dumb enough to do it. <laughs> like, like my advice will say to get rid of him. Like my advice is like, with, take, take the heart out of it. Use the head. I'm with you guys. He is honestly droppable because the only returns. I, yeah, he could be, he was barely, he was fighting for that t- high end SP two type. Anyway, he could return to be an SP three type. That's not really that valuable to end to wait two years for that. Again, I'm taking the heart out of it, but I'm just, I'm an idiot. 
and I don't want to give up on him, but it is I I'm, I I understand it, and we're on the same page. But another guy trending the other direction, as far as trending upwards, is Jesus Lazardo making his AAA rehab start. Do you have any expectations for the rest of the season? Because I'm kind of tempered for that September, likely September call up. Yeah, he'll get he'll get some run. They're not going to overdo him. They want to just get him some major league innings, get ready for next year, maybe some help in the postseason. Um, if you're in a deep 15 team league or something, he's not a bad option because they're not going to bring him up unless he's ready to go. And as we've seen in his rehab starts, he's been pretty solid. I know I, for one, drafted him at the start of the year, expecting big things from him. So um, I don't have him anymore, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, if you can grab him for cheap, he's, he's worth a, a few starts here and there. So he'll probably come up in September, four or five starts max. But uh, probably give you five or six innings in each start with some K upside. So obviously we're talking rotor leagues because head-to-head leagues. That's the thing. I have to, I'm guilty of this. I have to remember because I play a lot of roto and a lot of head-to-head. They end by the time he's coming up, like or they might be the championship week. You know, so it's like you have to, you have to. He's he's format dependent type of guy. If you are in a head-to-head league, I'm not bothering with him. But in a roto league, he's worth the stash. And I'm getting that point. I'm getting better at remembering that because not everybody plays roto like I do. And I'm yeah. that. <laughs> so well, they should they should because head to head garbage. It's if 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 I want head to head, I go. That's why I play football. There we're, you go. And we uh, by the way, for those who don't know, I was actually drafting right before, right up until we started pre- press, pressing play for football league. I'm not even happy about it. I went to auto draft because I'm not even in the mood for football. Right? Like I still want baseball. So that's where I'm at with football right now. I'm over it, man. And doing this honestly, doing this analyst thing really just made me that much more into baseball and realizing that. For me, fantasy baseball is like chess versus fantasy football is like checkers, but I'm a little biased. What can I say? Now, this is where you guys get to have a little fun because I'm the known giant hater in this out of these three. You guys love your giants. You're both from San Francisco. There's just, there's some, you have Quaid overturning. You have Mad Bum, who's been better of late. You have Shark, who's been better of late. For those who don't know, why am I blanking on his name? I called him Shark. Uh, Samarja. 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 Just Samarja. Just respect. Well, I'm, I had a – well, you mean that Notre Dame wide receiver? Yes, that guy. <laughs> Beautiful, lu- luscious locks. Um, I actually like the mustache better. But let's get back on track. What do you guys think about your Giants? Like, are you excited for these returns? Do you think this will be the, just enough to push them into that wild card spot? Or kind of like, what are you thinking? I'll let you guys take over on that. You can go first, Georgie. <laughs> no, um, I mean, as far as Cueto goes, uh, I, I did see a report today that, you know, saying, you know, from Bochi that if they really need him to, they could fast forward his return, you know, to, to the majors and, and bring him up. I'm not sure how aggressive they're going to be as far as, you know, how long they're going to let him go. Um, Cause he is coming off that, the Tommy John surgery. So um, I mean, Given how the Giants pitching has been recently outside of, you know, Bumgarner and Samarja, it, it it would be a welcome sight to see him out there. Um, so, I mean, as far as fantasy implications, I'm probably not interested in, in most leagues um, at, at this point. Uh, and then uh, Samarja, yeah, I mean, if you've picked him up and have enjoyed, you know, what he's given you recently, you know, pretty much uh, over the last month and a half or so, uh, I mean, you, you're, you enjoy that value, but I'm not sure how long he can keep it up. 
uh, you know, since July 1st, he does have a 195 ERA. Um, he has, it looks like he's been getting a bit lucky. So like, like again, I, I don't know how much he's gonna be able to keep this up. I don't know, what, what, do, what do you think? Um, well, for Cueto, I hope they don't bring him back. Just wait till next year. Don't don't rush him back. Like, make sure you paid him a lot of money. Don't screw that one up. Um, Bumgarner has been outstanding. There's no hiding that at all. He's even starting to strike guys out. The velocity's back up. Uh, lots and lots to like there. When it comes to Samarja, you just spot start him. That's the easiest way I can go about it. You play him at home where he's been outstanding this year with the 327 home ERA, 497 XFIP. You take him on the road and things get a little dicier, of course, with Samarja to the respect of a, a 4 7 oh, That's about the same, actually. But um, the, the end results seem a lot. 3-8-2 ERA on the road. He's actually just been a good period of late, surprisingly enough. But, yeah, uh, yeah don't start him in, in the big situations on the road, but it's pretty much usable in, in your SF starts. And in deeper leagues, he's definitely rosterable. So I, I wouldn't mind having Samarja out there. Bumgarner's been a beast. I'm so glad I got him in the seventh and eighth round in leagues because people hated on him this year. And then uh, Cueto, I want to stay in, uh, stay in rookie ball and just practice. Don't even come to the bigs. Now, I'm going to take the fantasy hat off, put my uh, fan hat on. My team, as a Marlins fan, I'm wearing a Marlins shirt right now. We are 18 and a half games back of the wild card. You guys, however, are four games back. Do you, and the teams ahead of you are Arizona, Mets, Brewers, and Philly – all of which are like, again, you're four games back. These are all three games and less. Do you see, like, I, I don't I haven't looked at your schedule or anything. What do you guys, are you guys optimistic? Or do you guys kind of have like buy, a seller's remorse? Like maybe it didn't sell off the pieces you should have. In all seriousness, like, what do you think going down the stretch here? Are you? Well, I never thought they were going to make the playoffs. I thought that was silly because they're not that good of a team. They've had a hell of a run, but they're not that good of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the selling part, I'm not mad about it because a I trust Farhan Zahidi a lot, and b it was going to have to be a good move. So he he wasn't just going to trade to trade. Obviously, like getting rid of Melanson's contract is one of the greatest Houdini acts I've ever seen. That yeah. was absolutely amazing. So he wasn't just going to trade to trade. Like with Bumgarner, you can give him a qualifying offer, which will be cheaper than a regular contract. He could take that, or if he leaves, we get a, a compensation pick. They, they, he just didn't do things to do things. So I don't regret that part of it. I, um, I'm actually glad they didn't go buy happy. Yeah. And you guys got Mauricio Dubon for yes, peanuts. for Pomeranz. So, yes, peanuts. peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> and that was still to this day, like in my mind, that's still probably the best draft day trade. Yeah, the, the Giants like have legit chance going into the next season to have five or six top 100 prospects. And in my lifetime, I don't know if that's ever happened. Yeah, no, it's definitely an exciting time as far as, you know, our farm system. It's as exciting as the time has been, you know, since I could remember. So definitely some good stuff come, coming soon to San Francisco. Yeah, it must be nice. You guys won recently. You guys look good in the future. I like my farm system over here in Miami, but we'll find a way to screw it up somehow. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm just I'm – I got rid of the home run statue. That was the first problem. We shouldn't have ever put it up. Shouldn't have built the stadium, to be fair. <laughs> Man, I, I used to live down in that area, and going to the stadiums, it's always funny because, you know, they put stadiums in rougher areas. It's cheaper to build, but everybody, literally everybody's outside with a sign outbidding each other for parking lots at, at private residences. $5 parking, $10 parking. 
yeah, you wouldn't want to. Like, I, I always paid up to park at the stadium in the parking garages because, man, that's all I can think of. It's like you built this beautiful stadium in this terrible area where you're trying. People are like bid, outbidding each other on the on the street corners for parking in their in their parking lots in their own yep. personal driveways. Pretty much. God, Miami's a mess. Oh. <laughs> the actual stadium and the team. All right. So second half standouts. You guys have the list. These are just players that, again, have had really strong second halves. You like what you're seeing, and I'm just expectations and how confident you are as far as how they're finishing them. Nelson Cruz is, like, the biggest question mark. I've seen different reports varying in degrees as far as, like, seriousness. I really don't know what to expect from him rest of the season, and I'm wanting to see what you guys were thinking about that. Well, it's tough to tell because we don't know the severity of his injury. Uh, and it's a wrist injury, which sometimes zaps power, which is a, a bummer. So it, it is concerning with, with Nelly, and they're going to want to make sure he's healthy when he comes back for the playoff run. So I, I would be a little nervous if I was a Nelson Cruz owner, but hopefully get him back for most of September, and that'd be plenty nice the way he can go on a tear from time to time. I mean, yeah. just for so, so just for people to realize, like he had 16 home runs since the start of the second half. That's with yeah. him being out like what well, he's been out like a week already. Like this, it was ridiculous the tear he was on. It looks, like, it looks like there was an update not too long ago, a few hours back, about uh, resuming on-field hitting this weekend. So maybe September is a realistic time frame. But I do agree. I'm wondering how much of that power is going to be sapped because if you take the power away from him, he's okay, not great. The power, the the over-the-top power that he was producing was what really made him stand out, especially in the second half. So, George, did you have any thoughts on it, or did I take it from you? No, I mean, I mean, <laughs> and Nelly was just doing what he does, you know, um, up to 32 home runs. That that tear he went on was just ridiculous. I mean, we'll we'll see what he can give us, um, you know, if if that wrist affects anything. Um, I mean, I, I do. I know that he. I believe he stated that he plans to keep playing next year. You know, he's probably just. So. He, another value next year um now th- these are always kind of things that he's been that he goes through uh these little like uh nicks you know these these injuries little injuries here and there but um i mean you're, you're gonna take dude, the fact that he's hitting 294 right now uh, on the year is just amazing at, at you know usually you usually expect i mean someone his age usually expect the uh the batting average to drop if anything else you know and the fact that he's increased it back up this year to what it, to what it is, as well as staying all these po- all his power and such, it's just really impressive to see him not aging compared to, like, when you compare him to, like, a Miggy or something. Fountain of Youth or steroids or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, called, it's a cocktail, man. <laughs> Special sauce. Special sauce, always. Now, my, my two, two of the guys that I, re- I was really happy to put on this list are, were Thor and Flaherty. Syndergaard and Flaherty, just, I feel like they're put together because they were both drafted. So, I mean, Thor was actually drafted higher, but both with similar, like, high upside expectations. Both fell flat on their face in the first half, and both have seriously come out and just dominated and been what you needed them to be a long time ago it's just for this whole second half, basically. Uh, are they back? Like, are they going to shoot back up draft boards because of, assuming that they finish off the way they've started? Like, what do you guys <laughs> – of course they will. That's of what course. we do in fantasy baseball. We overreact to everything. But they've earned it. Like, Thor has finally been the guy we want to see all-star break at least seven innings in every start. 
only one home run, which came in his last start over at K per, per inning. He's been that guy we wanted to see uh, this whole run. And then Flaherty, he had been the ace the Cardinals have been dreaming about all season long, and it coincides with the run they've made to get back in the, the playoff hunt. So both these guys are doing what people drafted them for this year, and finishing this strong will definitely get them drafted again next season. So both phenomenal outings, and uh, it's a good thing the Mets did not trade for. Yeah, it looks like Thor's been throwing a slider since um, I just looked up. I always I, I looked for a quick change in something, and his slider usage has gone up literally 15% from June to July. So, and I think I think overall his slider's just been way more effective. And he was he actually talked about how he was get, he working on getting it back. So I think as the slider goes, Thor goes type of thing. So Yeah, yeah, these guys have been amazing. I mean, Thor, six straight starts of, you know, seven-plus innings. I mean, he's been phenomenal. They're, they're probably pushing themselves at this point higher than where they were drafted this year, even oh. as disappointing as they were, uh, just given the, the pitching landscape. Which one would you prefer next year if we were drafting today? Or say we were drafting today, which one would you draft first? Would it still be Thor than Flaherty for you guys? I want Flaherty. You want I, I was I'm on the Flaherty side as well. I want yeah. Flaherty. Thor's Thor is uh, he is he's harmed me too much. Unless he gets that cool new uh, axe hammer thing, uh, I'm pretty much out on him. <laughs> oh the uh, oh man, I, my nerd side just went fully dead on me. I can't think. Yeah, I, can't. I love I love all the Marvel stuff. I totally can't think of the name of it right now. Stormbreaker. There you go. If he gets Stormbreaker <laughs> on the mound and starts throwing that, because I just don't like how much he pitches in the zone and plays to contact too much at times. That part just doesn't work for me. I feel like that's new, though, because, like, what happened? Where, where did all the Ks go? Like, that was a big that's thing that was – I'm wondering if that's kind of the, how the Mets – you know what? Can we just let him go to Houston? Can we just make that happen? <laughs> Send him over to Houston. We can all love him again. He'll be a top-ten pitcher. Yep, pretty much. Be, yeah, pretty much anybody needs to just go to Houston. We can fix them. That'd be amazing. Or make nothing into something like Aaron Sanchez. Or just have teams actually use the resources that are around them. I know it's a novel concept, but they can't figure that one out either. You would think that teams would see the money that they put in and where they put that money and mimic it, at least to a point. The, you know, the Rays with the opener, the, the Astros with how they're producing their pitchers and what they're doing with their pitchers. If we can see it as analysts, if we can do our deep dives and look at pitch mix changes, our, you know, the rotation changes on their pitches, we, if we see that – you're going to tell me these big these, – these teams, these major league teams, billion-dollar franchises, why aren't they doing the same thing? Why aren't they following what's been successful for another team when it's been as successful as it's been? Like, lead a horse to water. You just can't make them drink. God, like, I know we're not smarter than those guys. They have people – No, we probably are, actually. Have you yeah. met Mickey Calloway? Well, there are exceptions to the rule. Look at the new hitting coach for the uh, – the Philadelphia Phillies, Charlie Manuel. He doesn't even know how to turn a computer on. But then you have Gabe Kapler, or Kepler, whatever his name. I can't ever say his name. Kapler. Kapler, yeah, it's Kapler. I worked with the Kepler. Um, Kapler, he is the opposite. He tries too hard. He he puts like five really pitchers for like two hitters. Like <laughs> he's that guy. So I mean, oh, he's a mess, man. That that team is so mismanaged. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> but hey, I mean, again. You would think in today's day and age, people want to – there's a happy medium, and I think the Astros have found it as far as, like, I think there is – like you, you don't want to lose everything about the old school way of things, you know, just the eye test and how hitters feel in that day. Like, that stuff like that doesn't go away. 
but to ignore the analytics is really that's ignorant because it's obvious that they mean something yeah now am i the only one really surprised or maybe more relieved that you darvish is you darvish again but even like better he's not walking anybody anymore it's about time like i've always had faith in him i've been asked many times earlier in the year, what are you doing with you, Darvish? And I said, hold on to him. The dude's good. Ten more Ks tonight against the the Phillies before the uh, before the Cubs bullpen blew that one to a, a, a grand slam walk off to Harper. But, um, yeah, you, Darvish, has been outstanding. He looks like the you of old, and uh, it, it's pretty sweet. And the fact he's not walking anybody is just icing on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. The Ks are up, walks are down in, the, in this second half. He's been a lot better. Uh, sometimes you forget you know, about pedigree. Sometimes we look at see what guys have been doing recently, but you forget how good they are. Well, he had that Tommy John, and it just took him some time to get right. Just like, and you're seeing it with Mad Bum a little bit. He had that. It wasn't Tommy John. Mad Bum had the shoulder, but Mad Bum. That's what ca- caused that discount. He had the off year coming off of a pretty significant shoulder injury, and then he kind of took some time to get right. And now it's kind of. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think Matt Bum's ever going to be – I don't think Darvish is ever going to – I don't think either one of them are ever going to be prime of who they were. But I think they could be solid SP2s going into next year. And I think Matt Bum will still be a decent price, maybe not as good as this year. It's yeah. Darvish. It's Darvish I'm worried about. I'm worried- another guy uh, Another guy in the similar vein as, as these that I was all over going on into the second half was uh, Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray's been fantastic. And it, I, I love seeing him do do well right now. Another big outing tonight. My yeah. double digit K outing tonight it, at home. He's pitched yeah. great in Great American Small Park. It's amazing. He has. The guy that I'm surprised is still doing it, and me and you've been on him pretty much all year is Mike Miners, George. And uh, yeah. it's just because well, he's been pitching closer to his peripherals lately, as far as you know, the four ERA in the second half, I think it was, but he's still getting the wins, and he's been, I think, better of late. Last couple starts, he's been a little bit him better back to who he was. But I'm just – I'm surprised. I, I, I've i always – I think me and you were rooting for him more than we believed in him, and it's kind of worked out because we never actually gave up, gave, up, gave up on him or traded him, even though we probably should have. And he's just another one that he's – he's more the exception to the rule. I mean, again, he's kind of reverted to the peripherals, but not quite. I'm just curious how he's going to end because I don't know how he's doing it in, uh, in Texas over there, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I uh, was hoping he'd get traded. We all were. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> now he's been pitching a lot better um, you know, last couple outings. And sorry. I, I lost track of where I was at. Um, pitchers, I mean, just Gerald, it's been nice to have some good pitching. Clevenger, before the Boston start, was looking great, but I love Clevenger. Am I, like, am I crazy? Like, I think he's going to be pushing that top 10. I think he's going to be like next year's Thor. I'm not I sure think- if I'm going to like that price, though. It's funny you mentioned that because that's the first thing that popped in my mind is he reminds me of Thor. He puts together a great outing, and then he puts together that Boston outing. He's not consistently an ace like he's getting drafted to be, or at least a number two like he's getting drafted to be. He's very good, but when he blows up, he blows up, and it's frustrating as all heck. But um, I don't mind him. He'll be pretty popular in drafts again next year like he yeah. was this year. We saw how good he can be, and that's what will help because the pitching landscape is so horrible this year. Um, just overall because of the uh, the bouncy ball we're playing with. But, uh, yeah, Clevenger, he's really, really good. It's just he, I'm worried he'll be too pricey for my liking. 
Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to be too pricey for me. Uh, I, I'm not going to feel comfortable with him as my SP1 for where I have to get him at. And I think Bieber is going to be in that same situation. And I like Bieber more. I actually do the more I think about it. And I, I'm a big Bieber guy, but it's hard for me to just – I'm going to be in love with that Nola Thor tier that they're going to be going in that you know SP2 range. I think I'm going to fall in love with that tier because I know what their upside is. And it's going to be frustrating because I'm going to, I'm going to rank them. I'm not going to rank them the way I'm going to want them because that's just how it always works. But as far as Clevenger goes, Clevenger, Bieber, and Sale, I like to group them together because I get different opinions. How would you – would you guys rank them Bieber, Clevenger – sorry, Kluber. I meant Clevenger. Bieber, Clevenger, and Sale. Those are guys I like to group together. Is that how you would rank them or would you still put Sale above them? Well, Sale's still way above them for me. I – I think I would go sale Bieber Clevenger. I'm at the point where I'm at like Bieber sale Clevenger. That's how high I'm on Bieber. How, how crazy. I know I'm not. I'm not saying he can't be right, <laughs> but sales done way too much over his time frame to, to throw him in that grouping. He's, he's still one of the elite guys. Um, I've already seen guys try to start talking about next season and they got him like the number two or three starting pitcher right now. I'm so low on him. I'm not going to have any shares. I'm not as high as they are, but I am definitely have him higher than the Bieber-Clevenger tier. I'll tell you that much. Well, see, I I think Clevenger and Bieber are top 10 guys or close to it. Maybe maybe it's a little hyperbole. Maybe I'm a little too reactionary right now. I haven't really – the offseason is time to really reflect and do the research. The only thing that really stuck out to me as far as, you know, sales, um, he might be lacking – I mean, he's still underperforming as far as peripherals go. But I was talking – I had the chance to talk to Gray Albright the other day. We talked about sale a little bit. And the part that was concerning was that ever since that shoulder injury, his velocity on that four-seamer has been down. Yep. Maybe not the top, maybe, maybe not him topping out. Maybe he could still hit that 97. But I'm wondering if because of, because of the peripherals and the home run rate was really, really high, he's just not um, – he's not overpowering like he used to be. And if he can't – and if he's not going to be overpowering, he can't afford to miss those spots anymore. Whereas when you're when you're pumping 98 up and in, or up and over the middle, but just at 98, maybe you were missing more bats that way just because you were strictly overpowering them. He might need to learn to be a little more of a control pitcher and maybe hit those spots a little better. I mean, I'm just thinking little things like that because he's getting to that age. Some declines going to start happening, and then just the obvious uh, velocity drops since that shoulder injury that hasn't really regained its form. This is where maybe I'm overthinking it. I, I I'm fully aware of that. That's why I need to really look into it in the offseason. But I think I think the one thing I would say, and again, this all could be because trust me, I, I didn't want to draft them coming into this season because of the velo concerns and the arm concerns. But the one thing I'd say is everything oh not everything, a lot of things you just said there were a lot of things that were said about Mad Bum coming into this year. Guys, they get worn down. You saw sales workload last year. This could just be a down year, or he could be hurt. We don't know. Uh, he could come back next year, like the sale of old, because they're not. Good. They might not even make the postseason, let alone go deep in the postseason. He might get some time to rest and get it back together. Um, and then the other thing is that I, my argument for Mad Bum all off season, is guys that compete the way Sale and some of these big guys do. If their velocity and their quote unquote stuff goes down they learn how to become better pitchers, not throwers. Right. Like, I trust them to do that more than, say, like a Ronaldo Lopez, who I love, but he doesn't know how to pitch. He throws. And uh, there, there's a big difference to me in that regards. But, hey, it's baseball and anything can happen and everyone gets an opinion, and that's the fun part of it. I think Sale's going to be 
solid next year. I just don't think he's gonna be. T- I, I won't. Ha- I can tell you right now, he won't be top five. I, I just, I, he's not gonna be there for me. Not that he won't be fringe well, top five. If you but... don't have him top five, he won't be there for you because someone else will take him top five. You know, yeah. I, I, as far as my rankings go, he won't be top five yeah. for sure. No, that's but fine. I'm, but obviously, one thing I'll say is take your stance because I get ridiculed for it all the time. But when it works, it's so much fun. Oh, but when I'm wrong, I'm not one of those that, dude. I, like. We're, there's a, I think there's a little part I put at the end of the notes we're going to get to, and I'll throw a few names out there. But, man, I was right on a lot, but I was really wrong on a lot this year too. And most of it came on the pitching end. And it's like I'm, it's either I'm winning a league this year or I'm losing, and there's no, like, third-place finishes. I'm literally winning two leagues, it looks like, and the other ones are, like, fifth, sixth, eighth, tenth. Like, there's no – there's no, like – if I'm not first, I'm last this year. It really is that bad. Yeah. So, uh, the few other names on this list, I mean – I don't want really want to harp on uh, Urshela or Talkman too much. I mean, they are they've been talked about and talked talked about enough pretty much throughout the industry. They're two guys you want to grab right now. I mean, I don't know if you want to you can speak on them a little bit. I mean, they are exciting. I think Urshela's getting a little more hype than Talkman. I don't know, it depends on who you ask on what day. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's anything you guys want to speak about them on them, go for it. But I'm kind of over the talk on these guys to be completely honest. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at this point, they're probably they should be owned um, at this point as much as you know, as much as they've been trending. Um, I've kind of, you know, Urshela. This is this is just amazing what he's been doing, you know, and and in that lineup with his contact and now with the power up. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. Just you know, one thing, one thing I'll touch on with with the Yankees in general is just like I I really like their I really like their matchups in you know, going into September. They start off with Texas, Boston, Detroit, then Toronto, the Angels, and then Toronto again. So I mean that's that's just you know a couple pieces of an offense that I'm gonna want uh, during, you know over the last month of the season. You think Stanton makes that return? I, I'm getting less and less. I'm getting more and more skeptical about that. Um, he basically said on in an interview today that he'll be back sometime in September. I'm <laughs> I'm not so excited about like the dude. I don't know. It doesn't look good. Doesn't look good at all. He's barely taking actual hitting these days. So I don't know how he expects to be back. But hey, you never know. And then with Julio Show, it's interesting. I don't want to go too deep on him, but no, go for it. He's not, he's, been, he's been crushing it so much, and it, it's really interesting if if you want to do a side by side. I don't I don't have it with me, but if someone gets bored, go do a side by side of his season this year and Miguel Andujar's last year, and they just oh, keep finding, they keep finding these guys yeah. like monsters. It's, it's ridiculous. And all the X stats are backing up what he's doing. Yeah, no, it's legit. So, yeah. So I mean, it's just it's just what do you, like, and next year. I'm going to – I don't know which way to go with this because, I first of all, I don't know what they're going to do with that lineup. Something's got to give. Yeah. Far, like, they have to trade something, do something. But then Stanton – I spoke to Bogman about this. I'm not sure how much he might have changed because he's a, he's a huge Stanton guy. And I'm, Stanton guy. And I'm yeah. not sure how much he would really change his opinion on this, so I'm not going to speak for him. But while we're, all, while we're talking about Stanton, going into next year, because he asked me where I think he should go or will go, and I think the answer should be around that 50-ish range. I think he'll, he'll go way before that. And but why? Because no, I'm with you. I, I wanted nothing to do with Stan or Judge this year, and it was just my personal opinion on what they offer where they were getting drafted. They weren't enough all around players for me. Like they were going at the end of the first round for crying out loud, and they give you one or two stats, and they haven't done any of that this year. So I'm really glad I missed on that. 
But yeah. what people will see, even with the juiced ball we have this year, they'll see a guy in Stanton that, assuming he's healthy, coming into spring training, that can hit 50-plus home runs. And people see that, and they get overly excited because they go, well, if I can grab 50 homers, that means he's probably going to drive in 110 to 120 runs. He should score at least 90-plus runs this year. If I get him early, then I can focus on other things later. That's their mindset. Does that mean it's right? Probably not. But that's what will make him go probably, I'd say, early third-ish round. I mean, I, I guarantee Chris Davis, K-Riss Davis, he's going to fall immensely because of, you know, playing. he's been playing through injury, I think, pretty much all year and just having a really bad year. Yeah. Give me Chris Davis in the 80s or 70s, wherever he's going to end up. Oh, yeah. If you want yeah. the power with empty leg with low at batting average. Obviously, I think Stanton offers a 260-ish upside, 270-ish even, if, if everything goes well. But why would you – like, why? Why take the added risk? Why – like, why are – we are smarter as an industry. The name value shouldn't carry that much, especially – now, you know what – Mike, I'll make it real simple for you. What it is – is some guys like to make that stand that sounds completely crazy and hopes that it hits. That's that, what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. That must be it because you do have a lot of people that play that hot takey type of – like that's kind of who they are. They're very hot takey, and if they, if they hit, they're geniuses, and if they don't hit, well, they took a chance. Well, yeah. So it's like a win-win for them. I get it. That's I'm not that type of guy. No, neither am I. I've never <laughs> been that guy. I'm more of a safety net with some upside guy. I don't do that kind of thing, but hey, teach yeah. your own. Yeah. Next year, do you want, uh, I mean, someone that's probably going to go around that same range, Jordan Alvarez or Stanton? Oh. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably want Jordan, actually. It's just similar to the Yankees. I want to see what they're doing with their team. Obviously, I think they'd find a, a spot for him. I don't see why they wouldn't, but um, yeah, I think I'd want Jordan because what he's doing is more legit than people think. Like he's really this good. So yeah, I, that, uh, that, I'd rather have him. And he'll probably go in this. He might get up to the second round this year. I agree. I, I was when when you mentioned you know maybe third round for Stanton. That's kind of the first name that came to mind was you know Alvarez or Stanton at that point. And I think well, I'm think gonna go. I think I would go with. Think, think about another name here. Bryce Harper will go around that one. I was just about to say Bryce Harper. And, but right now, Harper, if he keeps up this tear, he's going to jump back into the second round where I won't want him. He's always good for at least one massive tear. I've been telling people that every day on my DFS show because he's too cheap every day for the talent level he has. And I said, you don't have to play him if you don't want to. But he's so good, and he's always good for a massive tear at least once a year. And it's going to come eventually. Right now, he might be in the middle of it. I'm wondering how it's going to fall out between – Harper, Rendon, and Soto. Like, those guys. Soto, I feel like I would take over all of them at this point, but I'm a huge Rendon guy. But I, I don't know because Harper offers an upside, the higher ceiling, but the, obviously the lower floor. But that might be the range where I'm willing to take a risk. Because by usually I'm very big on the safety. I'm, we were talking about safety a little bit. I like my safety in those first two, three rounds. I really do like safety. Like, I'll take a Arenado and a – a Freeman type of thing. Like I'll go one, two type of thing, like really, really safe. And then I'll start gambling third, fourth, fifth rounds type of thing. I like to manage my risk, but I'm curious, like you guys, because my buddies are really big on Soto and they talk about Soto over Harper. And I was there until about three days ago, but then Soto has been doing his thing too. So I don't know, man. I think those two are really good. I think Soto yeah. might have more hype. I don't know though. I Baseball. think, uh, 
Football's a long season, guys. It is, yeah. I, I think you know where I where I stand, Mike. You know, I've been a Rendon guy for so long now. <laughs> yeah, he just always does his thing, man. Without with nobody even questions it anymore. He just he is who he is. I feel like. Yep. Oh man, that was actually fun. I forgot where we were at, but that's fun. Uh, you know what? Another guy that's gonna fall into that same range, who, because and it's because he's not running as much as Jose Altuve, but man, is he smacking? Mm-hmm. He's crushing it, and he's a guy that I don't know if he's ever gonna start running again to the level we. It's like Correa doesn't. The, the Astros as a whole don't run anymore. Yeah, they, they don't have to. Like Springer <laughs> doesn't run like exactly like when they first were coming on the scene as these young bucks. They were running and doing all kinds of things. And now it's like, well, we all just hit 30-plus home runs. We don't need to steal bases because you're in scoring position on first base. So that's kind of where they're at now. I don't see them running a ton anymore. But what Altuve brings is some power with a tremendous batting average and, like, the ability to score 120 runs, which what he brings to the table you don't find everywhere. It's just hard where he goes in drafts to not take someone else that might give a little more in a few other categories. But Altuve is great. There's no hiding that. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, given his second base, you know, eligibility, uh, you know, a couple, some guys are going to lose that second base, like Jose Ramirez. Uh, you know, I know like some leagues, like in Yahoo, he still has second base eligibility. Um, now, you know, Altuve, where he's going to be going, you know, possibly in that third round range. For me, I'm thinking, you know, if he's not going to run, maybe wait and take someone like a Jeff McNeil. Oh. So this is, I can't wait to see that Justin Mason does the two early mock drafts that we, we draft in October. If you, need, if you need guys, if you need guys, please, I would love it. Oh, no, he'll put it out there for you guys. Um, it's for all the industry guys to jump in on. Um, oh, there's no, there's no requirement. You don't have to show a badge. So you'll be fine. Um, well, I just love that type of stuff. Cause that's so, that's so over the top stuff. Usually that he does is. like, he does like eight of them or so. And then he <laughs> writes an article on fan graphs about it. And it's uh it's crazy to see the consensus on where some of these guys go. And in reality, like Georgie was saying there, McNeil is a great comp, but I don't think people see the two the same way. So that'll be very interesting. But I, I'm, see, I'm, I'm not nearly as high as you guys then on McNeil. Cause I don't think, I don't think McNeil should be, I don't know, man. He's too much. He was about to win the batting title before. Too, he much, too much DJ LeMayhew in him. And I don't want to pay the price for DJ, for DJ LeMayhew type. Man, you turned out pretty well this year. Well, yeah, let's yeah, I'd be happy to have DJ this year. Yeah, you know what I mean, though. The I don't know, maybe the juice ball. His his skill set plays up if the ball remains juiced. I'm waiting for the full juice type of thing from the from the league next year. Like they did, what was it? A couple years ago. Yeah, they did. What last year they took the juice out of the ball. This year they brought it back. They're gonna do something because they're gonna see the home run rate. The home run record is probably gonna be broken this year, and that's a year. I think it was Albright that actually put out the tweet that it blew my mind. I didn't even think about that, that you have Chris Davis on a down year, Stanton pretty much out the whole year, Judge not being Judge, and a couple other – I guess another big name, and yet the home run – and we're going to see the record home runs. It's really interesting. So you got to think they might tame that ball down, and if they do, that's really going to really uh, cause a lot of craziness in these drafts. But, Mike, what do you mean? They don't know there's anything wrong with the ball. They, they, MLB didn't do anything with it. No, look at because tri- you know because triple A numbers aren't ridiculous either. No, not at all. I mean, we don't have we don't have a keynote coming up, and uh, was this uh, the Rios guy from the Dodgers? I never heard of <laughs> like Edwin Edwin Rios. Or, like these guys are hitting twenty five bombs in triple A before they're getting called up. Like I don't understand. This never happened before, but no, the ball 
you have pitchers complaining that, that I think I think it was Thor that actually was talking about at the beginning of the season where the ball was like a piece that was like an ice cube. He couldn't yeah, grip Thor, it. Thor and Verlander have been big proponents of it. And yeah. then Verlander's yeah, like very vocal. And well, Verlander's like if you don't if you don't miss bats, you're screwed. You're they're gonna hit it out of the park. Yep. Pretty crazy. Now I'm trying to find his. I've honestly been trying. I meant to look this up. How many games he's been he played there? Um, does Guriel? Let's see. He played. He didn't play enough at second base. At least, well, unless it's Yahoo leagues. If you played second base one game, you seem to get it. But because I'm just looking at because Guriel has made some changes. He increases launch angle. He's really and I'm, a few other things. I haven't looked into him in a while, but that was one of the things that you saw, which might explain the power. I think he had his pull rate up a little bit too. So. Looks like he's making a little bit of an effort to hit some home runs or get some power behind that bat. But the hit tool's always been there. Yep. So I'm going to like – I think Guriel is going to be overlooked a little bit in drafts because he's kind of a jag. But I'm going to like that. I think I'm going to like the value next year. I think he's going to be roughly at my fringe top 100 guy, assuming he finishes off the way he's finishing. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just looking at he's been He's been ridiculous, obviously, at the second half of this year. and. No, he, he he's gonna be very. He's gonna finish top one hundred for sure. Yeah, but I'm talking about draft day will be very very interesting. It's like you said, is I think some people are gonna want to see it twice to believe it type thing with Guriel. And what people might not realize is like what you said is the hit tool has always been there. He's been a very good line drive hitter, a very good batting average guy. But the, the increased launch angle, the bouncy ball, all of a sudden he's a thirty home run guy. And I don't know if everyone's gonna believe that one. So you could get him at a discount for sure. I'm just – I'm going to try – I'm honestly going to go into next year and not bank on the ball being as juiced. I'm, I have a feeling, man, the MLB likes to play these games, even though they have no control over it because, you know, again, a multi oh, no, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a nice uh, pitching ball next year. And it's going to be – it's just going to be one of those things where it's like, <laughs> joke's on us now. And it's – you're going to see a few guys be right or I'm going to be really – my ranks going to be really right or really wrong next year. No in between. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited to be right, right or wrong. Oh man, I love this time of the year because obviously the season's not nearly over, but it's fun to start thinking ahead. Definitely. Uh, last guy I kind of want to touch on, unless you guys have other names, is just Jose Ramirez because he's falling into that same uh, that same area. But he might be—I've seen him in someone's top uh, twelve picks as far as a first rounder again. I'm not ready to put him in the first round, even though he's been back to himself essentially the second half. But I am willing to put him in the that second round, maybe middle middle second round at at best i don't know i'm i'm still a little skeptical but he's doing his thing I, I there's no denying that just where is your level of confidence with him essentially georgie what do you think i i man i i love jose i love jose ramirez and now it is i i get it it was almost like a full calendar year of him really struggling and i know that they they did uh, mention, you know, confidence issues with Jose uh, settling in early on this season, but he's just so fun to watch. And even when he wasn't hitting well, I mean, he was stealing all those bases. And um, I mean, if you're looking at, uh, if you're looking at, you know, 2020 production, at least with a good batting average, uh, no, I know he's he's only up to 246 right now, but given, you know, a month and a half ago, maybe he was like just just over 200. Um, I, I, I wouldn't blame anyone for taking him, you know, top end in the second round. You yeah, know, it's gonna be really fun to see where he ends up going because he was stealing bases like crazy early in the year. The second half of the year now he's hitting with power. He's got potential to go like 25, 25. 
and still hit for a good average. Last year, he only hit like 270. People think he was a 330 type hitter. Um, he, he fixed something along the way. And so that'll be really interesting to see how he does go this year because I have heard the rumors like you guys have that people have him back in the first round. I think he doesn't fall through the second round for sure. I think if, if you get him in the second round, it might be a value, but uh, it'll be interesting because only a select type of guy is going to go after him. There's going to be people that are either think this was kind of a, a bad deal or they're going to be legit on it. So it'll be really interesting to see how all that plays out. But, uh, yeah, he, he's been darn good the rest of the way here and uh, a lot to like. It's one of those – if you pay up in that first round, you're not getting any type of you're, – you're, you're ignoring the risk with him. And I think he's shown that there's a risk now. I think it's just – I think the smart play is to put him around that 15th – so in a 15th team or like TGFBI and other, you know, main events and all that stuff, he might be a fringe late round first round pick, but in your typical 12 team or 10 teamer, I think it's a little bit of a reach because you're going to have to take him over guys like story, like, like Baez. And I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure willing to do that. Honestly. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to before story. That's for sure. Well, but that's, I mean, story, some people, I, I don't know. I haven't really looked at other people's ranks, but I know story. Cause for me, I, I think it's like a clear top five right now. And that's yeah. Uh, oh man, and this is gonna happen. <laughs> I still have Trout at you one. You open the door. Well, here's the thing. I wanna. Well, we can have you back on, or we can do this on your show. But I want to talk about this closer to the end for sure. Obviously, as things finish out. But as of right now, I have Trout at one still, mm-hmm. and I think it's hard to fault that because we're paying for that the highest floor in the game, which is arguable with Yelich, but Yelich has, has that back issue. But I'm willing to put Acuna at two. It's because as long as he's leading off, he offers that, he offers that league-winning upside of 40-40, which he might get this year. Now, there's a chance he takes a step back next year. There's no denying that. Because he's – I mean, this is his first full year of being what's about to be a 40-40 guy. But I think I'm willing to put him at two with Yelich clearly at three. But it's almost like a 1A, 1B, 1C for me. Because if I get any of those three guys, I'm happy. And that's a great way to start my team. And for me, Lindor is my four. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people have it that way, but I love the power-speed combination with the solid batting average and just the 100 runs, uh, maybe about 80 RBIs. Depends on how that team fills out next year because he hits leadoff now. But I love what Lindor offers as far as five-category upside. And Bellinger has fallen to five for me because he's just kind of fallen off and been more of who showing kind of – we all knew the first half wasn't really – obviously he wasn't going to sustain that all year, but I'm, Bellinger's kind of fallen to five. And I'm almost putting – because Betts has been back to being Betts. I'm almost ready, ready to put Betts back because I, I know what I'm getting with Betts. I know the high floor, the, the five-category upside as well. But it's like a top five, top six, and it's like Betts is slowly creeping up. With, I'm, not, I'm just not a big Bellinger guy, though, so – yeah, neither am I. So I'm willing. I'm almost. I'm almost at bets five, Bellinger six. I'm a big pitcher guy, so I might have one pitcher in my first round, honestly. Yeah, I don't. I don't do the pitching early thing very often. But I mean, I don't know. I haven't really thought beyond that. But for me, it's a, that's like those clear five or six right now have those top spots for me. With Arenado, obviously, like you could argue Arenado as high as four, but I think it's top three. It's one A, one B, one C for me. And <laughs> I mean, and it's really going to come down to this final month and healthy in the next year and. Is it Cunha going to be moved down in the lineup? Because if he's not leading off, I don't want him top three because he, he doesn't steal when he's not leading off. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's a Braves philosophy. NCR did the same thing last year. 
Yeah, so but they but the way their team operates is weird. They gave him the green light though. It wasn't like, but there was it was like a different thing. They they didn't. I don't remember them being so openly. You can run in Ciarte. They told Acuna, from my understanding, is like they were telling him, "Hey, you can run whenever you want, even batting cleanup." And you hate to see you hate to see forty home runs from a leadoff hitter, but for for, for as a fantasy owner, I'd love to see that because I can get I can get RBIs and home runs later on in the drafts. Like <laughs> I can do that. So pulling, he's pulling a Ricky Henderson right now. God, what what I would do for anybody that stole that much? <laughs> he, he used to be the top fantasy player in the game. Yeah, I just I don't I'm not I just don't know. Am I uh, I know and I know you're gonna see a lot of people taking him over Trout next year. And for the stolen base upside, I can understand it, but I'm not willing to make that. I'm not willing to do that because I like what I like that floor. I like Trout because you know Trout doesn't usually get hurt. I know he's been kind of injury prone the last couple of seasons, but Trout for me is just such a stud, such a solid. Even even though Trout doesn't run anymore, he has what he has ten steals. That's that's in today's game that's running. So so it's forty steals. I know. Is, are you one of the Are you one of the guys willing to put uh, Cunha above him? At this point in time, yes. I have been sitting here this whole time thinking, I don't care. I want Acuna. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, steals, so... are, steals are so insanely valuable. They've dropped off so much. Like, there's nothing against Mike Trout at all. He is the goat of goats. But um, what Acuna is doing is. Is unworldly, and he's still so young. Yeah, exactly. So you don't. I mean, and I know he's still he's excelling at his young age, but you don't think there's any chance for a fall off because of how young he is. And pitchers can't. I mean, I know he's an elite talent, but maybe maybe I'm too old school thinking like this because I know you guys are getting younger and younger and better at younger ages. I'm I'm aware of that. I'm seeing that the game is changing, but I don't know. I'm still having a hard time and. I thought having him at two, like I know having him at two isn't really a tough call, but having him at one for me just because I, I'm thinking I can probably get Mike Trout, and I'm not a Mondesi guy, but I feel like Mondesi is going to fall to that that two three turn next year. And what, what is what is what has Mondesi done for you to make you like a Mondesi Trout combo over, say, an Acuna and Jose Ramirez combo or something? Well, if I can get Jose Ramirez there, I'll, I'll be happier than Pig, and you know what. But or what about like Jose Ramirez and say Jordan Alvarez drops down to you? Oh, uh, Jordan Alvarez and um and Cunha, you mean? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm always skeptical of second year guys too, man. I play scared those first couple rounds. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, I do. I play scared. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just trying to throw the scenarios out there where just, like, I, I want to believe in Jordan Alvarez, but I know the second I believe in him, you guys are all screwed for liking him. that's just like i'm just you should be thankful that i'm afraid to be on him at at that price now the guy that i'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen because is tatis man tatis jr i'm he's gonna creep into the first rounds isn't he i'm worried about that yes yeah i think he is unfortunately I i will own none of him then but but you're talking about upside and pedigree and he he has 30 30 potential and no, I agree. Without without showing it, just like Acuna, this is gonna be his first year showing it, and the, it's just funny because obviously you're gonna take the guy who's obviously a little more proven at this point, no no doubt in Acuna, but it's just funny that the mindsets, have, how different the mindsets are when you're looking at these two players. You know, well, going into the season, I was preaching from the rooftops that I want Acuna as a top five player in the drafts, and people thought I was crazy. 
So, I might have been one of those guys that thought well, many, 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 many people did. That's why I do my sub tweets about it every time he has a big night, just to remind those people <laughs> that don't want to admit to it. Um, no, I was, I was one, of, I was one of the people telling you you're crazy because I was yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Many people were. It wasn't yeah. just you. Oh no! Um, but see, I'm telling. I told you, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm telling. Like, I'm willing to be like, yeah, I, I was wrong on that. Yeah, no, this, this is one of the few things I got right, so I'm enjoying the hell <laughs> out of it. But um, the more I, I would think about Tatis, it, it probably would be intriguing. But, man, I just can never get Petco out of my head. I can never get just being a Padre in general out of my head. It's just something <laughs> – it's just a bad a bad deal. But if 30-30 is a huge deal, if I'm, if I'm harping on 40-40, then, yes, 30-30 is pretty big. Now, I think with Tatis and George, you can – I don't know if you back me on this, but – at one point, it was his – because I'm big on advanced stats. His sprint speed, though, is 95th percentile type of sprint speed. So he's the type of guy that I've noticed that, like, sprint speed, same with Mondesi, people can outproduce their metrics when they have that type of speed. But he – at one point, he had a 100-point difference between his expected batting average and his actual. And right now, before the injury, obviously, we're still looking at, like, a 60-point a difference, give or take. And I just – I don't know how much of a – I think he's closer to a 280 hitter because, again, the speed. But I, I don't know if I want to bank on 280, 30, and 30 from a guy that hasn't done it before type of thing. That's my problem. Like a Kuna, yeah, exactly. I've seen the skill sets. And I don't know. And I, I, I just – I know me, George and I have had that kind of that sentiment with Tatis, but I wasn't sure if you still felt that way or if you're kind of changing your mind on him, George. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I stand with him uh, going in the mix there with, with the first rounders. It's just like, yeah, I'm afraid of that batting average, you know, cratering next season. I mean, I still want, you know, Story. I still want uh, Lindor. Um, Baez. Baez is a little closer. He's another, <laughs> you know, guy that's, you know, perfect example of someone outperforming. Um, their expect, yeah, er- everything that you would expect. Every uh, freaking year. He was a guy I was fading so hard this year, and I was so wrong. The only, and the only reason why I was right on Mondesi was because he got injured, not because I was actually right on him. But, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just I can't, get, I can't get behind a guy. like Baez is so hard to get behind because he walks less than 5% of the time. That's ridiculous. But, anyway, uh, I just – I don't know. It's going to be fine. I think we're going to have to – I think we're going to have this discussion again for sure. As the se- right? We're probably when the season ends when we start talking about way too early rankings. <laughs> but we can kind of just run through some of these names on the – like we do a segment called Cup Bait or Wait where obviously it's pretty much what it entails. Do, do we hold on to them or are you willing to cut them? Now, some of these guys obviously – that's why I put the little dash level of concern because some of these guys I wouldn't drop but I'm definitely concerned about. Like Pete Alonso, I'm not dropping. And he has shown life lately, hitting a few home runs. But overall, I think he's hitting like under 200 since the break. And people are trying to do the whole home run derby curse. But people yeah. need to realize people need to realize that him and Bell, and Bell's another guy on this list, neither one of which I would drop. Bell's also come alive lately. But they were due for regression. Bell's regression started before the break, though. But regardless, they were due for regression. And please disagree if you uh, – please chime in if you disagree. But I – always saw Alonzo and you can go back and I was always like so high on him because not because of the power, the power was always real to me. It was the batting average. There was no way I ever saw him over a 250 batting average type of guy, maybe 260. And I think that he was like, and maybe I was too bullish on Bell because I thought there's no way he was ever going to go through the drought he went through. So you win some, you lose some. And I lost two, I lost 
twice somehow. Or actually, I won a little bit and lost a little bit. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think we recorded a day too late because he went five for five today with a walk and a home run, six I RBI. <laughs> an absolute bomb. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but seriously, obviously, I mean, obviously. No. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so minus tonight, and I'm sure Zach's gonna be literally laughing out loud when he hears this. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I just Alonzo the. the this I think who, this is who he is. The two right now he's two sixty four unless that's before tonight. Two sixty hitter, forty home run potential, fifty with the juice ball. I'm not. There's nothing wrong with that. I just and obviously that's great, but I just well I don't understand how people can really be all that surprised that he's kind of like stumbling out of the second half. He's first year ball. Pitchers are adapting. He shut me up before I even had a chance to finish my thoughts on him <laughs> but <laughs> but i don't know man i just i wouldn't i'm not really concerned i just this should have been expected i wasn't and i've i've just seen i've seen concern around from i've seen questions floating around on twitter about him and i just thought it was worth mentioning that don't really worry he's gonna be who he is and he's just kind of regressing to the mean yeah i can agree with that like the average is never going to be as high as it was the power is legit he's on pace to hit 50 plus home runs and i i, I don't i still think he'll Come close to that. I don't know if he'll get over fifty or not, but it'll come darn close. But yeah, the uh, the batting average is just a matter of time before it came down. But still, a, a two forty, two fifty guy that hits fifty home runs. Um, I'll take that all day long, um, as long as you go and get someone somewhere else in your draft to help your average. But when you when you think about the overall landscape of baseball right now, average is down anyway. So even yeah. though the home runs are up, strikeouts and everything are still down so much, he's not really killing you that much. I'm wondering. He, remember, you're he's the perfect type of guy that you pair with a McNeil in a draft next year. Yes, or an Altuve, or any of those guys. Exactly. Right. But see, I'm thinking when you said there's Stanton shouldn't go ahead of him. No, I take Alonzo over no. Stanton every day. Absolutely. But you, you're telling me so Alonzo's going to be a second round pick? Then I'm guessing he's probably going to have to be, isn't he? I don't know. There's only so many second round picks That's you can have. That's why I'm curious to see where this goes. I think Stanton goes on name value alone. He Alonzo, I, Alonzo, I think, will have at least enough skepticism of a second-year slowdown. It's going to be weird. It's going to be very weird. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it because then you're going to have the – well, you have – then you're going to have the debates of, well, Alonzo did it all year. He hit 50 bombs, and you have Jordan Alvarez who only did it for half a season, and it's going to be a lot of – do you trust the youth? My thing is, is I think I'm going to be passing on – I'm a huge Bell guy, and Bell's going to go – you know, it's probably fifth round-ish at this rate if you did, unless he keeps correcting it. Regardless, I think I'm going to be passing on these guys because I'm going to love – there's going to be like the Max Keplers of the world, the Confortos, the guys I know I can get 30 bombs and 80 to 100 RBIs later in the drafts, Matt Chapmans. Like, these are guys that I'm going to be targeting in my drafts personally and focusing on speed and average earlier on, the higher upside guys earlier on, knowing I can get the power later on. Yeah. That's, just, that's just what I'm thinking already. Like my, I, can't, I already can't wait to draft next year because that's, like, that's all I'm talking about tonight. <laughs> Uh, a couple other names on this list, and uh, I don't know if you have any that you brought to the table as well, but a couple of these names are yours, George. I believe Framel Reyes was somebody you mentioned, Bauer. Yeah, I mean, as far as uh, Framel goes, he's someone who's like kind of all year, you're almost, you're waiting for that kind of breakout. He's provided, you know, good power numbers, but you expect the average to be up a little more. Um, and I, I do know that he's been hitting a little better as of late. I do. I did like the move to Cleveland for him a lot, and um, 
you know, hitting now in, in that division with, you know, weaker teams. Um, I, I think, I think you could provide, still provide some pretty good value for the rest of the season. I think I'm still holding on. I've, I've been a Reyes fan, you know, all season. So I think I'm still holding on to him personally. I don't really have much to say about that. I just wrote about him and I think he's kind of in line with, I think what you said is kind of in line with what I was thinking that if you need the power, he's obviously a hold, but he's not somebody you need to, he's not a must keep guy either though. If you don't need his skill set, he's a drop. He kind of fits this category both ways. So I don't, cause I don't think, I don't think that for me, the upside isn't some of the upside to me isn't enough to hold on to him. If I need, pitching badly if I'm trying to catch up in innings if I'm trying to stream a pitcher for some K's or something and he's kind of that that fringe guy on my on my roster I'm okay cutting him 10 teamers some 12 teamers depends on how deep 12 if it's a 12 team mix as far as like corner and field five outfields obviously five outfielder league I'm holding him but I'd say the shallower of the league the more forgivable it is he's he's owning 50 percent of Yahoo leagues and that feels appropriate yeah, he was he was available in our 15 team listeners league and I need RBI there. I picked him up right away. I'm in eighth place and I've tried and I'm done. <laughs> like I'm just going to keep I'm going to keep pl- I keep plugging away on my lineups. Don't get me wrong, but I'm pretty much toast. Yeah, I'm in fourth place. I'm I'm trying to get up there. Well, good because <laughs> I told you what I plan on doing for the winter and if you win, I don't need to do it for you. But <laughs> uh that's a whole other discussion. Hey, Bubba, you're still there, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is there um you ha- do you do you happen to have that list up in front of you by any chance? Yeah, yeah, I do. Is there anybody on there that? Oh, I wasn't sure if you still had it up. Um, of the names we haven't mentioned, or even if we have any guys that you're thinking about cutting. I mean, Kevin Biggio, I've noticed Vogelbach, just guys like that, or um, for me, for guys to to maybe cut bait with. Maybe Hunter Renfro. That would be one. Like it's so hard. Domingo Santana's kind of getting it going again. You're not getting rid of Trevor Bowers as bad as it's been. You're not going to get rid of Edwin Diaz because saves are so hard. Eventually, he might get his job back. Um, but Renfro, Vogelbach, Vogelbach's been bad. He went deep, I think, yesterday. Those would be kind of two of the guys I, I wouldn't. I'd look at if say like say an Aristis Aquino came up, you could drop one of them for him. Something like that. Some some new flavor of the week you could want to kind of roll the dice with. You could do that. Yeah, I'm a huge Domingo Santana guy, by the way. Another guy that we did a My Guys episode, and I cut him out. And, of course, I was right before the, the Japanese series. So I was really upset about that. Because he, we, we, this was back in the beginning when we used to ramble on, like, 30 minutes on a player before we learned we didn't have to do that on every player. And so we, had, we didn't have time. We literally did three each, and it was still an hour episode. That's how much we talked about players back then. Um, Live and learn. It's just funny, man. You, yeah, you learn about the stuff, but I'm rambling now. But Renfro, I'm with you with those two guys. Biggio, every time I want to drop him, he gets back. Go, he gets going again. So I'm not. He's too I'm, good. If you, you for a guy that like that stats, go look at his page, and uh, there's a lot of things pointing in the right direction yeah. for that kid. Oh yeah. And Bauer and Diaz, I'm with you. I, I it was hard because my thing here was more of a level level of concern. We all knew Bauer going to uh, Great American Small Park was not in his favor he's walking i think it's four per nine at this point the walk his k's are still there but those walks are killing him the long ball is killing him exactly can't be an ace walking four four batters per so that's just something that next year we're gonna have to adjust or if he doesn't i miss 20 
I miss 2018 Bauer. <laughs> like, we I was such a Bauer guy this year, man. That's that kind of leads yeah. into that kind of leads. <laughs> we can get into those final thoughts right before the show ends because I'm sure people are done are sick listening to me ramble. And that kind of leads right into it, honestly. I could easy transition instead of explaining myself. Bauer was just one of my one of my players that let you down because I have it listed here. Players let me down. He's just one of them. I was, and it's been up and down with him, but it's just been so frustrating. I really depended on him and Thor. Those were my two aces this year. So go figure. It's a tale of two stories, really, because I feel like Bauer is decent for the most part. But regardless, man, I've had just those two. Who else? Who's a, oh my Will Myers, man? I was a huge Will Myers guy coming into the year, and that has been absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's comical now. But what about you guys? You have a couple guys that you just like really just you're so beat up by. Tyone was another one for me, by the way. Tyone, huge Tyone guy. That worked out well. God, um, I hate. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure. There's, I mean, outside of like injuries, a, a couple guys that I was taking late that just you know didn't pan out oh, for me. You're perfect, George. One of the one of the my guys actually was Joe Musgrove, and it just not happening this year. Yeah, I was with you there. Oh, I mean, and, but see, that's forgivable. At least your guys weren't costing you early draft capital like mine were. Maybe this was just more of a what, what Mike got wrong segment because it was just a lot of <laughs> – I hit I, – I was actually big on McNeil. I was big on Oscar Mercado coming into the year. I had like – I was – Jorge Polanco. Like, I actually did really well on my sleepers. It was my breakouts I missed. <laughs> so, it's like it all kind of worked out for me on that side. Pitching as a whole, man. I yeah. – this year beaver was the only thing i was right about yeah it, it was tough i guess surprises for me is i was anti cody bellinger and we see how well that's worked out um i was, was anti javi baez again and that works out well i was with you yeah <laughs> those are kind of the ones that uh, i look more at the things i was anti-drafting and how poor of a decision that was and those are two of the big ones obviously where you look at where you could have got them now and the value they have. And if you, you probably got them, you're, you might be winning leagues or near the top of them unless you really screwed up the rest of your draft. But those are two that just stand out to me every time I watch them hit another home run. It's just like, yep, that was one I just completely crossed off before we even drafted. Yeah, yeah. One one guy, too, another guy. That, I mean, he's kind of made up for it, but I was really big on Goldschmidt uh, coming into the year. And, you know, his struggles were, you know, well-documented the first few months and then, he kind of turned it on. He's kind of turned it on um, over the last, you know, month and a half or so. But yeah, I guess uh, I guess Goldschmidt definitely. My biggest surprise as a whole, I think all of us are obviously the home run, the, the amount of home runs, but the lack of stolen bases. I think I don't think any of us saw this. No. I don't think there's anybody in the industry as a whole that saw stolen bases falling off the face of the earth, <laughs> like. And it makes sense, though, with the juice ball comes the extra base hits, not just home runs, but the singles turn to doubles, doubles to triples. And unless you had a Mondesi which, or Tim Anderson start your year, you are probably like me where you just hoarded all the stolen bases you can get off the waiver wire, and that kind of can kill you in other, every other category. Yeah. So it's one of those things It's like I love looking back at this stuff, that where I got what I was wrong about, what I was uh, – what I missed on and I'm hoping to learn from it, but the goal is to not overreact, which is something that we don't do well. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. I was, man, uh, I was drafting guys 
you know, later on, like uh, Austin Meadows, uh, who's, you know, provided value in other places and like, you know, Jose Peraza, hoping to get steals <laughs> from like guys like that along the way in my drafts. And that definitely hasn't worked out. <laughs> well, any, any, any final thoughts here, fellows, or we can head on out of here. We've been talking, I'm sure, plenty. <laughs> Um, uh, if you guys don't have anything, I was going to say, thanks for having me. It's been fun getting to chat with you guys. Uh, always fun talking baseball, especially with some new voices. So I, I appreciate you, you having me on the pod. Oh, yeah, it was fun. We're just glad that honestly, we're glad you took the time. I mean, that's just like you said, like we were talking about a little bit before it's what it's all about. And you put up with somebody like me who rambles on and goes off on tangents. You could probably, <laughs> you could put up with anybody if you could do that, but in all seriousness, man, thank you for joining us and remind them where they can follow you at. Uh, I'm on Twitter at BDentric. Uh, so check it out there. You'll have everything. My Bench with Bubba podcast, uh, all my daily shows, thesportsdegens.com, thequantedge.com, all the good stuff there. But, yeah, just check me out on Twitter at BDentric and look for the podcast, Bench with Bubba. Perfect. And real quick, again, you can follow me. I'm Mike at – listen to me. I'm getting tired. It's midnight here. Um, you can fo- I'm Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. Joined by George as well. You can follow him at jmonsonas 90 George and I write for Fantrax. You can, you can find our work at Fantrax, at Fantrax HQ. We post our articles weekly. George and I both have to actually get to writing. We both have one to do in a day and a half. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, you can find the podcast at, at Bases Loaded Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on the – I'm going to do this for both of us, Bubba. Rate and review our shows if you can on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can. Bubba, Bench with Bubba, and all his other ventures he's mm-hmm. mentioned. If you have even five seconds, just press five stars for us. Five stars for us on iTunes. It helps us go a long way. And that's all we really can ask. Because, again, we don't we love doing this. And just a little, a little bit of appreciation is, is nice. And that's the way you can show up to us. So, again, guys, we appreciate you listening. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Peace.